This is the Mark D Show, hosted by a guy who played a decent game of Big Brother. Now here he is, Mark of BBCan7. Hey, it's Mark D with another episode of the Mark D Show. On the last episode, we spoke with Nick Macaron of Big Brother 21 on the darker side of reality TV and uh, the effects this game has on you one of the hardest things. I couldn't sleep that night. You know, you stay in the hotel one, one last night and they had their shift changed at five and I called them at like 510. And they're like, oh, you're up early. I was like, I've never slept. Now to hear the rest of that episode, go to my social media, The Mark D Show. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also subscribe to my podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On this episode, we're joined with Kevin Martin of Big Brother Canada season three and season five. And shh, between me and you, he's my favorite player. We're here to talk strategy and what it takes to win the game as Kevin did in season five. Mr. Kevin Martin, how you doing, man? Mark, what's up, brother? (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. Good, good, good to hear, buddy. We'll jump right into it. Again, the idea, like I said, was to talk to different people that won the game and find out what it is that they did to win the game and what strategies they have for people that are listening. Every single person who won Big Brother played a very different game. Now, this is the sort of the mantra, the line of approach that I took with uh, all the other winners was that you are now a coach. Coach and masterclass. Absolutely, man. He's become the new Phil Helmuth of Big Brother. I like it. Minus all the antics. You've played Big Brother 3. You obviously had a bit of an edge knowing what the game was like coming into season five. And now you've been called back and I'm a brand new player. I've never met you before. Uh, You come into the house and you are there to coach me to the very end. What is the first piece of advice you're telling me right as I walk in that house? Wow, that's a big question. You walk in the house? Well, congrats on making it, you know. Be appreciative. Also, I think it's a good thing if you show a lightness to your attitude so that you're grateful to be there. That does endear you to production a little bit. And it also shows, like, you know, a little bit of a non-threatening side of you. You don't want to come into game bot mode, you know. The brother's a long, long game. Stupidly slow, actually, especially when you're in the house from the first-person perspective. You're like, wait, isn't this a game? Isn't more active things going to be happening? It's very passive. So really try to have fun with it. Don't come into game bot mode. And the first month of Big Brother, the best thing you do is kind of just fall asleep. You know, <laughs> if you have a personality that is not threatening, you can just kind of just chill. Avoid the nomination block. I did that very poorly, though. I won, but I did a lot of things badly. But it's good to hear from you because if every single Big Brother player that won the game played the exact same game, I would only do one episode with just one of the winners. But I know I know that you played a very different game than Dane and a very different game from John Party and a different game from the Pax Brothers, which is why there's always something looking at the game that you have that maybe they don't or what inspired you to, you know, obviously take it down to the end. So that's interesting that you say that where you come in and don't get into game mode right away. That's not something I've heard before. Whereas, you know, some other people might say like, okay, well, you know, the game starts now. You got to get out there. But you said maybe lay back a little bit. Yeah. Be the best fan of production and fall asleep for <laughs> the first month. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just chill and maybe take the step and within maybe the first six, six to ten hours, you can recognize, hey, maybe who the alpha personalities are going to be. Because the alpha personalities really dictate the first quarter of the game very aggressively. Like season one, there was Tom Plant. He was the pillar. He was the alpha. And while the alpha has a very low win equity always, they usually do control a lot in the first quarter of the game. So if you can endear yourself to them in some way, 
like in season three, Greg was kind of the alpha, and he dictated a lot until he was axed. So yeah, maybe season six, like, or sorry, your season, season seven. Adam did well for kind of such an aggressive personality right away. Like he formed the pretty boys right away. Just chill, just relax, try to get in a majority alliance. Thankfully, I got the majority alliance pretty early in season five. But you also have to be adaptive. You know, you can have these game plans, you can have these strategies, but when the game is started. There's 16 different personalities. Who knows what twists production are going to bring up for these following years? You have to trust your instinct, trust your gut, and just be adaptive. You have to be a, a player that can react to every situation and, and pivot very quickly. Now, the issue is, in your season, in season five, at the beginning, it was very much like, hey, we're the veterans, let's uh, team up together. That obviously went to shards. Dallas goes, Cassandra goes, Gary goes. You know, the veterans are falling apart. You've got your boy Bruno, Will saves you, and then Bruno's out the door. What alliances are you trying to make at this point? If you see that, like, okay, I've got a good social game, got good connections with people, but my alliances are falling apart what are you doing at this point? Because this is something you found yourself to be in. You were in heaps of trouble. Yeah, I was in doo-doo. That's why I'm such a polarizing winner, because I really struggled with a lot of assets of the game. For some reason, people always saw me as schmarmy, lying, deceptive. When honestly, I think I told less lies than most people. I was maybe too blatant. You know, I was a little straightforward. So yeah, I was in a bad spot, dude. Thankfully, I had a unique ability to kind of go out and be a little dominant in the mental competition. So I kind of relied on that aspect of my game, which is massively important. The longer Big Brother goes on and the less numbers are in the house, the more important competitions become. And if you pay attention to the Canadian version of Big Brother specifically, competitions are different throughout the seasons, but there are the same fundamentals. You can really kind of exploit them in terms of memory of the days, memory of the house guests, you know, how many people got votes out in certain days and stuff. And I became a massive threat because Neto was on the jury, Bruno was on the jury, William was on the jury. There was potential votes on the jury for me. So thankfully, I just went on a nice little immunity run and, and hammered them out all the way to the end. So I, I would have liked to be able to play more an old school game where I can kind of, you know, not have to win every competition, but, you know, thankfully I did, so my win is definitely unique. You should not try to rely on that, though. I was going to say that. If you watched Kevin at Big Brother Canada Season 5, your win basically was a lead-up of you and Dimitri basically taking shots at each other until you literally just won the final one and sent him home. My question is, though, at least you have the self-awareness to know and understand what you need to do in order to try and win. You're a fighter. Like, you didn't give up. No, I left my soul in there. As many mistakes as my game had, you cannot deny my pure ability to almost will my win into existence. If you watch the live season, season five, I'm not exaggerating. I studied and I was locked in for like 10 hours a day. I was so isolated and a lot of that was my own well-doing, but I was so isolated from the other side of the house and unable to get in there and build cracks that I so much time. I had the game memorized more than any player ever has. And as bad as I did at a lot of things, I definitely say I'm the best mental competitor in terms of those competitions, the days, the numbers. No one had it locked down as ever as, as I had. So introspectively, because this is something you did struggle with, and this is a social game, what do you feel like you could have done to try and solidify something, an alliance, if you will? So, you know, you had like the Will and Dre, like trying to maybe work something with them. Was there any sort of like connection you could have made mid-game? Because this is very important to solidify good connections at the beginning of the game. What could you have done in the middle? Thinking back, dude, I could have done more with Dylan. Dylan was still in there. Could have maybe done a little more with Dimitri, but that would have been a little bit tough. Dimitri is a good guy. We, we text each other once in a while. Is there any way to 
build a solid social connection mid-game, once you've already sort of established the person that you are in the house, because when you walk in the house, everything is fresh. So you can be whoever you want to be. You can be yourself or the animated version of yourself, and you could use that to your advantage to try and socialize. But once it becomes mid-game, people already have a persona of you, and trying to establish a solid relationship with somebody in the mid-game is fairly difficult. What would you suggest looking back now? What could someone do if they're stuck in that bad social standing in the middle? Yeah, that's a good point. The first third of the game is where that dynamic is really established. You can change it, but it takes a gifted player to it. And it's not many players drastically change their view in the middle of the game. So credit to those that do. Um, one thing I would remind players that I struggle with is that relationships are much more fluid than they appear. Like, for example, there was fights in my season, and I would mentally make a note. Like, one time, uh, Ika had a huge fight with Dylan, and it was pretty intense. And words such as, like, don't ever talk to me again, and that's how it's worked out. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's a connection that will never be fixed. But then to Ika's credit, she was a player that was able to go to Dylan four days later and get on his good side. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Three days ago, you said never talk to me again, and now you're, like, working together? That's a, that's a reminder I would give to house guests is that these relationships are not set in stone. They're much more fluid than I thought they would ever be. So you're saying that if you're stuck in this bad social standing, to go and try to repair a relationship? As uncomfortable as it can be, to say, like, hey, I know... The first half of the game, we had to work together. Like, we can mutually align our goals. You don't have to like each other. As long as you can align goals, you don't need to make preposterous, like, deals either. You don't have to go to people and say, hey, final two. Make more short-term goals. Say something like, hey, how about for the next two weeks, we align our goals and both help each other? Now, the thing is, you obviously had people in the jury that liked you. And a lot of people that liked you, so much so that you became a threat later in the game. What were you doing when people went to jury to make sure, okay, you know what? We're still pals. I know you weren't winning HOHs until a bit later on in the game um, and winning competitions in general. But what were you saying? What were you doing? Be like, you know, hey, you're going home. Like, what what are you doing? People knew I had large chunks of votes in the jury. Dimitri did really well at this place. If you want to go back and look at a good goodbye video, go back to when Jackie was voted out in season five and watch how Dimitri handled that, you know? So many of our videos really put Jackie down because Jackie had a tough go in the house. She, she really had a bad run. She, she flip-flopped a lot. But then Dimitri in his video, instead of saying something negative, he said something positive like, hey, I know we weren't together, but I respect how much you fought. And it's perfect, you know? Boost their ego a little bit, give them a compliment. Not in a fake way, but that's a picture-perfect video of how to send someone to the jury was. Dimitri's goodbye to Jackie. So there is strategy with goodbye videos as well. I really do think so. You know, being honest, especially... Uh, and again, as much as I make fun of my own game sometimes, I also really think... I excelled at the final jury speech and and not being fake, but being authentic and and really answering the questions well with authority. And that's another thing that I would advise the players as well is people's goals are different. Every decision I tried to make was to increase my chance to win, but not everyone plays like that. And I'm not saying the way I play was right or wrong. You know, some people play to be a star on television and that their whole goal is just to get camera time. That's fine. That's what you want to do. I prefer people try to win, but that's another thing is there's 16 different personalities. You can't assume everyone plays like you. That's a massive, massive mistake. You really have to learn about people and try to learn their intentions and their reason for being there because then you'll be able to predict their decisions a little more easily. This is a big question I ask uh, a lot of the other house guests, especially when you come in, in towards endgame is, 
do you make a lot of final twos? Because it seems like everyone's got some form of a final two with someone else. Or are you just letting the cards play as they go? And if you do, how do you go about it? Well, I think I think I shared in a lot of situations. Mine, mine was a little more unique because my path to the end was through winning the last uh, the last four competitions. So mine was a little unique. You also have to remember with um, <laughs> my season was kind of crazy. There's a large gap in my season that was cut out because we had the triple eviction and then we had the HOH in the final night. So we had eight players. We had the triple. I survived. Then I win the final five HOH. In a matter of two hours, I went from final eight to final four. Final eight to final four. That's a huge gap of the game that's just cut out, you know? <laughs> that's probably the most active part of the game. Because once you get to final four, there's not as much strategy. It's more just who can win the final couple of competitions. So um, that took a huge chunk of the game out. But yeah, you should, you should definitely uh, make whatever deal you have to make to advance yourself, you know? I, I believe that there are no morals in the Big Brother Canada house. There are lines that I would never cross, but in terms of lying, cheating, stealing, deceiving, that's what you're there to do. Those are things that I don't do in, in real life. Like, my friends will say that I'm, you know, a pretty honest dude, but that's the reason you go to the game. In that, in that house, morals do not exist. So, the people who say, I just want to play an honest game, it's like, eh, like, what are you trying to prove? Nah. I think you brought up a really good point, Kevin, and that is, and this is probably one of my biggest mistakes too, and that is not everyone is going to play the exact same game as you. At what point, though, did you figure out, like, okay, wait a minute, people are playing very different games here. I'm going to have to, like, buckle up and sort of move move around here. Well, yeah, that, that decision, for Karen to keep Dimitri over Dylan at the Final Five, that was a move that basically made it impossible for her to win the game. For her to have a chance at winning the game, she needed Dylan in the Final Two with her. That's the only way. Credit to Karen, she's very successful in real life, large net worth, and she just really didn't care at the end. She just wanted to dictate the story in her in her own way, you know? So that decision after that, I was like, wow. As a person who loves strategy games, and I love game theory, to see someone make a decision that brought their win equity to 0% was pretty baffling. But that's the point of a social experiment is if you don't get 16 game bots, you get 16 different personalities that bring different things to the game. Uh, I'm kind of like happy and sad we weren't at the same time we weren't on the same season together because I would have been like exactly in that mode with you as well as game theory, you know, instead of like different kind of personalities. But uh, another example would be Kira in the final five. Kira pretty much had zero win equity at the very end in the final five. However, if they had kept me maybe there's like a couple percent chance because they had already sent home Dane, so that may have looked a bit good. It's like watching, why would you like throw away even like a little bit of equity left? Yeah, you got to play for the win, even if it's not unlikely. So that was a pretty big shocking moment. This is a bit off strategy topic here, but you are the only BB Cam player to return and take down the win. What strategies did you change from season three to season five? Dude, is life-changing the fact that I got cast at like 22 and had this experience. And I'm very thankful for production for calling my number again. You know, I got ninth in season three and they gave me another shot in season five. And I took it so seriously. <laughs> like, I'm so competitive. I just lost Mario Party last night to Arlie Shaban and I'm literally having a bad morning because of it. It's like on my brain, you know? That's just who I am. I'm a competitor. I like have this insane will to win and... It's not good all the time. It's not healthy, but it has propelled me to try to chase, you know, excellence in life. So going back into my second chance, I I was like, I have to win. I have to win. You know, I lost in season three, didn't have a good showing. Like, this is my chance to show that I got it. And thankfully, we were able to go all the way and get the W. Not the sexiest win of all time, 
But you cannot deny my heart and my soul and how much I willed that win into existence at the end. I noticed you went against the House. Like, you voted to keep Jackie and you voted to keep Cindy, right? That's right, yeah. What was the strategy in that? It was like a 5-1-6-1? I didn't think it was going to sway. And I just kind of wanted to be that person because I was like going against the grain. And uh, I thought that would be nice, you know, for jury votes. If I'm the one person that voted to keep Cindy, if I'm the one person that voted to keep Jackie. Because you're already a target? Yeah, I was already a little bit of a target. I didn't think it would change the dynamic very much. Like, I basically announced that I was going to do it anyway. So I wanted that potential sympathy jury vote at the end for doing that. If you could go back and do it all again, what would you change? We've seen your game. We've seen your physical and comp win dominance. But now that you know what you know in the first time you played, and now that you know what you know when you played season five the second time you played, coming back for the Hattie, what would you do? Coming back here, this is the strategy, dude. I would go find five pounds of the strongest marijuana that's grown in British Columbia. I would enter the house and smoke a ton of weed, because when I smoke weed, I become stupid. Like, I'm the dumbest dude. (laughs) I would just be high all the time. I would lay around. I would eat chips, get fat. I wouldn't strategize at all. I would smoke a bunch of weed. No one would ever get rid of me. They're like, wow, Kevin is not the competitor he used to be. Then, hey, final eight. We wake up, do some work, try to get to the end. Yeah, I would just uh, bring in a more fun attitude, dude. More of a social game. Marijuana would do wonders to my game. It really would. Big Brother 7 was the first year where marijuana was legal in Canada. Wait, did you guys have weed in there? No, we didn't have weed. I was so disappointed, though. Like, I would have done some terrible things. You talk about throwing your morals. Times that by 10 is what I would have done for uh, just an edible. Just aside, though, like, uh, my story is closed. I had the full experience two seasons, jury first season. Had chill mances, flirt mances. Got a, a lifelong partner in Pilar, season three. Got the car, got the W, got the check. I've had the whole experience. My big brother buffet is full. My heart is at peace. And so uh, even if that call did come sometime, which I don't think it will, I think I would respectfully turn it down. You know, I got other things in my life to go after right now. Well, okay, so that's good because I don't want to be competing against you and all this. <laughs> Good luck, Mark. You ever get the rebuy? That would be pretty wild. <laughs> I think I accepted my fate the second I walked through jury. I was like, it's not happening. <laughs> because here's one thing I've noticed also is like a lot of house guests truly think they're all stars. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to get called back. Like, I, I can't wait. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, there will be some broken hearts. The all star cast, if it ever happens, what is going to be 16 people? There's probably 40, 45 that think they have a chance, which I mean, why not? Why not hold on to a little hope in this world? The call to go on reality television is it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the best thing that happens to a lot of these alumni. Why not hold on to a little bit of hope? But sometimes that hope turns into delusion, and that's a little bit dangerous. If you're out there strategizing year-round, picturing yourself, fantasizing your, your second opportunity to play Big Brother, a lot of other real-life opportunities, a lot of real-life friendships and relationships are going to go by the wayside. So... Why not hope a little bit, but don't be delusional. And unfortunately, there is a little bit of that delusion going on. Perception is reality and the truth is relative. So if you can perceive in your own mind that you were the uh, greatest player of all time, then I'm sure in your head, you're a winner. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why not? Dude, this is fun to relive. Like, it's been three years since I won this spring. And I never watched my season five anyway. I watched season three. I never rewatched season five. I got clips, I got pieces, I understand the themes of that were shown, but I never watched the whole thing. So this is all coming from my, my first-person perspective. These memories are kind of in the back corner of my brain. They're still there and alive, but they've not been the focus of my life in a long time. So 
this has been fun to turn through them once again, you know? Well, I'm glad we can go through that therapeutic stage of opening up about it. You know, I feel like every player needs to openly talk about their experience at least once. Yeah, this is this has been fun. It's fun to talk about it. All righty. Well, we're going to wrap it up over here. This was another episode on how to win Big Brother with Big Brother Canada legend and season five winner, Kevin Martin. Coming up this Wednesday, we'll be chatting with Raven Walton who competed in Big Brother 19 just south of the border. That's right, in the States. We'll talk not about game strategy, but about the darker side of reality TV and the effects this game has on you leaving the house. Now, make sure to follow me on my social media for updates and the links to my other episodes. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, The Mark D Show. I'll be podcasting the entire season of Big Brother, and I'm looking forward to that start date just as much as you are. March 4th for the premiere of Big Brother Canada Season 8. I'll see you around.